at 106. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Folks, right now at 106 on this Wednesday, this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, we have a Facebook page where we do live. That's where you can send comments. That's where you can post comments. These people that are just selfish, and I'm supposed to what? Answer their individual things, um, and it's just foolishness. So why can't the state use the ACI as housing for these people? Oh, yeah, because that would be a good headline. Homeless are jailed. Like that, that listen, just, just post it. You, you can post that and discuss that with other people. You, you can post that and discuss it with other people. So do, just stop, stop wasting my time. I have a very valuable time. So the last thing I need to do is be wasting it with inane comments. You, you have put them at the ACI. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that would make sense. Listen, that is someone not following the story. They want to put them. They wanted to put them in Cranston. The mayor of Cranston said, hold on a minute. We have enough people here. We have the prison. We have the people at Harrington Hall. We don't want to take more people in. So it does become a problem of not in my backyard. But don't, that, that, that's just foolishness. I mean, if you can't decipher that the governor, and, and I understand that, but he, they're very concerned about the optics of this thing. The, the homeless advocates, they, they would love if he would put them at the ACI. They would start a protest immediately. So far in this, this whole fiasco, Governor McKee has kind of been outflanked by the homeless. And that Cranston Street Armory idea, I don't know who came up with it. It wasn't fully vetted. I agree with so many of you. Hear me out at 108. It does seem ridiculous that they they can't come up with a place where they can go. They they can't come up with some empty building. It it doesn't it just doesn't work that way. If they put them in an empty building and something went wrong, they they're gonna get sued on that. And these individuals, um, they're not in the the, the best of health. Many of them. And on top of that, there's, you know, there's drug use involved. Someone could then up sue the state that they were put into, God forbid, what if there was a fire of some kind? A lot of times, listen, they smoke. They don't, they're not exactly the followers of the rules. So to think that, that, you know, these are not people that are sticklers for what they can and can't do. So you can't just open uh, a bill. If you open a building, you you then you're responsible for them, and so as a result of that, there has to be certain precautions. You also need someone that would watch over it. Otherwise, people could go in. Someone could be a victim of assault of crime. There could be some kind of a sexual assault. Who knows what? Or regular. A lot of them use drugs. Someone could OD. Then suddenly they say that, you know, that they died almost in state custody. It's, it's very problematic. But I come back to 
you know, why, why it, it, where, where I believe at 110 that the McKee administration, where I think they have really done themselves a disservice, is the fact that, that they agreed to take this on, that they're responsible for them. Because right now, there's, there's no element of accountability with the individuals involved. Not that I hear. It doesn't seem to be that. It's all they're sitting back and waiting for Governor McKee and his people to come up with the latest plan of, of where they're going to put them. Almost as if they've been bumped from a flight. And then the people saying, well, the airline, you have to put me up for the night. And I want mileage. And I want everything on the hotel. And I've been inconvenienced. And blah, blah, blah. That is something that the McKee people have allowed themselves, I believe, to get into. So it is true they want to come and go as they please. But right now, no one's going anywhere because the judge has once again said that um, the judge has put it off to Friday. And then it it actually looks like it's been put off even till in going into another week. If you are the 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 homeless advocate, the people that support the homeless, the homeless advocates, so to speak, their goal is to do anything to hold out until Christmas Eve. The visual they want is the media going to the state house. And on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and there are the homeless tents. There are the homeless tents. So that's what, they, that's, you know, that's the shot they're looking for. And I'll tell you, the, these homeless advocates that are orchestrating this whole thing, look at the calendar. So it looks like this thing rides until next week. And then Monday's Hanukkah, beginning of Hanukkah. And then you know, if they can get to Monday, the countdown is on. Then it's less than a week. Not only is it less than a week, but it's less than a week and the weather is turning a little bit more mild. Now, a big national story I'm seeing, and it is that that DJ, Twitch, Stephen Twitch Boss, Former Ellen DeGeneres show DJ. I'm looking at dies at 40. But he he took his own life. I'm seeing a lot of people publishing now. This story discusses suicide. If you or someone you know is in crisis, call the suicide and crisis hotline. Call 988. Has died by... I'm noticing that the... Today's show is changing it to died by suicide. I, I, I understand. Some people would say, oh, they shouldn't put that. He's got children. I, people need to know. He didn't just, it wasn't a car accident. He didn't accidentally overdose. Let me just see this story of what they get into. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very sad. This story discusses suicide. Let me get into this. He, he was also in those, um, those Magic Mike movies, I think. 
Let's see. He's remembered for his work as a DJ in the Ellen Show. Died by suicide. Ah. Here we go. Lit up every room. Backbone of the family. Best husband and father. Well, something was wrong. He started to be in the DJ in Ellen in 2014. He would remain with her until the show came to an end earlier this year. He was even executive producer since 2020. He was runner-up in the fourth season of So You Think You Can Dance in 2008. Carved out an acting career. Appeared in several step-up movies as well as Magic Mike, XXL, and Hairspray. Appeared on TV shows, Dancing with the Stars, Modern Family Bones, Ellen's Game of Games. He adopted, oh, so he and Holker Boss, who also competed, celebrated the ninth anniversary. He had adopted her daughter, Wesley, and they had a son, Maddox Six, and daughter, Zaya. So she had a previous child, apparently. Boss and Holker Boss also hosted Disney fairy tale weddings. He was surprised on today, a theater coach who mentored him when he was a teenager in Montgomery, Alabama. They wouldn't would not be a twitch without Dr. Stewart. He said after she came out to be with him. You know, it, um, I mean, there's something going on here. Boy, that, I mean, it is. The story's very, very sad. And the Ellen Show came to an end. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and find out. Something was going on. Something happened that some reason this guy left his car, got himself to a hotel, and then took his own life. It, it, it does seem very, I don't know, very bizarre. Um, I just want to see if there's anything else. Just, oh, Ellen is speaking out. Boy, that is a tough one. Ellen paid tribute. I'm heartbroken. It's my family. I'll miss them. Um, appears to be a suicide. Law enforcement officials tell us his wife ran into an LAPD station Tuesday. Frantic. He had left home without his car, something that was not like him at all. Short time later, 11.15 a.m. Wow, in the morning. Paramedics got a call, medical emergency at an L.A. hotel. They found him there dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Pronounced dead at the scene. Wow. Hmm. All right. Well, there is some other news of the day that I want to uh, get into. Let me see what we have. I'm always, I'd like to, I'd like to see how. It's also a 16-year-old struck by a car in Warwick this morning. I don't know what to make of that. Where was that? Investigations under a 16-year-old girl. She was crossing Buttonwoods Avenue, 645, to make it to her school bus stop. She was struck by an SUV, taken to the hospital with a head injury. Conscious and undergoing treatment, driver remained on scene as cooperating. There was no speed or alcohol. High school student. Wow. All these years later, people, kids are still getting hit running to the school bus. This is an interesting story. The attorney general is declining to defend Governor McKee in the homeless eviction suit. Would you want to be part of that? 
<laughs> this eviction, maybe they were told not to do it. I want to hear how Channel 12 is going to treat the story. I like to hear how they break it out. Okay, here we go. Ooh, breaking news. Breaking news. 12 News Now on WPRI.com. Well, there's no sign that the ongoing dispute about the homeless tent encampment at the State House is going to end anytime soon. And a new wrinkle today, as uh, Attorney General Peter Nerona's office saying the governor's office approached the AG about having his office represent the governor in this dispute where they've tried, the governor's administration is trying to evict these uh, homeless individuals who have their tents outside the State House. The AG's office saying they declined to wow. represent the governor saying they were not previously consulted in any manner regarding their decision huh. to evict and the way those evictions would be effectuated. What that means is the governor's office is now retained outside counsel at a price uh, we don't know at this hour from the private firm Adler, Pollock, and Sheehan. Meanwhile, there was a law, uh, another hearing in that lawsuit this morning that the ACLU and others have filed to block these evictions. My colleague Alexandra Leslie was in court. She reports that Superior Court Judge David Cruz said there have been a significant additional filings in the case and so he's pushed the hearing what off until mess. Friday morning but he has a temporary restraining order in place all the way through Monday to prevent Governor Key's administration from what evicting homeless individuals meanwhile lots of buzz around yesterday's interview on 12 News at 4 with Housing Secretary Josh Saul who acknowledged under questioning from 12 News anchor Kim Kalunian the state does not currently have enough shelter beds for the individuals who are there. We're going to continue to track every development in this story and the broader homelessness crisis in Rhode Island. But for now, with the Target 12 investigators, I'm Ted Nisi for WPRI.com. Wow. I mean, that is, um, I, again, I, an element of self-inflicted wound here, right, with Governor McKee. I'm also seeing another story on Channel 12. McKee violated public records law. Secrecy Okay. Governor Dan McKee's office violated Rhode Island's public records law in an effort to withhold background reports on some of the state's top politicians, but still had the right to keep the information secret under a different rationale. They issued a decision this week. Target 12 requested copies of dossiers that were prepared for McKee regarding three finalists for lieutenant governor. Oh, I see. Elizabeth Barrett Perrick, James Diosa, who's now the treasurer, and Sabina Matos. They determined, in this case, we determined, although they did not cite a valid basis withholding the record, it did not violate it. You know, I give um, folks at 120 good afternoon on this Wednesday. I I give Channel 12 credit for, uh, for filing the public records request. I certainly give them credit for at least filing the public records request in trying to get information on that. I do. That's um I don't I don't I don't know enough about that particular story. What's this also I'm seeing? Powerful storm to impact the northeast late week. Ugh. What? I haven't heard anything about this. There's a powerful storm that's supposed to impact us later this week. Let me pull this up. Who has this? Channel ten. And you click on it and it disappears. <laughs> well, they have a new app. I mean, they have some reconfiguration now. Is it just, oh, okay. All right, let me hear the, um, I want to hear the Channel 10 story about the situation with the, 
homeless encampment. Now a storm is headed this way? Hmm. All right, let me hear. We heard how Channel 12 handled it. Now let's hear his Channel 10's version of it. By the American Civil Liberties Union. Barbara Moore Silva. encampment outside the State House was postponed until Friday. NBC 10's Allegra Zaymore is live outside Providence Superior Court with the new developments. Hey there, Allegra. Yeah, good afternoon, Barbara. After the judge's decision to postpone that hearing, the people who have been sleeping in tents outside the State House will now have to wait two more days to learn the fate of the space they call home. After reviewing the new filings that have been filed last night, I'm going to have to close. Um, I'm going to review them and work on them, and we're going to come back here on Friday for a decision. A judge ruled Wednesday that both parties would have to wait two more days before hearing a decision on the injunction filed by the Rhode Island American Civil Liberties Union. The complaint argues removing the homeless from the state house violates their right to protest the housing crisis and the homeless bill of rights. We want them to read it and 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 give them a chance to understand our arguments. So we're perfectly happy with coming back on Friday. Uh, when everyone will have had the opportunity to review everyone else's material. The complaint follows the temporary restraining order against the state that was granted Friday, stopping them from removing the encampment. Those only last for 10 days without further legal action. They needed to get this done before the 19th, and the date was selected um, as a convenient date that was well within the time frame, but we were, you know, plaintiffs were advised that we need to get, well, everyone needed to get their paperwork in by Tuesday, which we did, but, you know, it, it was a lot of paperwork, and there's a lot of moving parts to identifying all the people and pulling all the materials together. Lawyers say they are worried about what this means for the next two days with bad weather moving into the region. Those efforts to get people shelter, appropriate, safe shelter that meets their needs are still ongoing and it's everyone's expectation in this case, I think on both sides of the case, that those efforts need to continue. Uh, now I did reach out to the governor's office. All right, I'm seeing that there's going to be soaking rain coming on Friday. So... That does not sound like good news in any way, for crying out loud. Wow. Things are going to get much more difficult for those that choose to be outside. If if you're sleeping outside at the state house and they come to you and say, hey, good news, we have temporary shelter. You can stay overnight. We have this uh, shelter available to you. I, I don't know what you do if they're saying no. That's okay. I'm uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stay out here. That's that's just kind of the path we're on right now. Um, no, I'm more than comfortable just just staying up here. I I mean you you absolutely don't want them up there. But I'm not just you know like I said it would it would seem that's and I've I've said from the beginning, folks. That that's that's not what they're that's not what they're looking for. They as a, they want they want what they want, and someone is telling them hold out longer. I want to be in a hotel. They don't have hotel vouchers. Little bit longer, and then we're going to get you in that hotel. The story of the DJ from Ellen took his own life. That has just rocketed right now. I mean, I understand why, but. It is um, 
So terrible. 40 years old. Hmm. All right. I want to play. This is the uh, Today Show package on Sandy Hook. Today is the 10-year anniversary of the shooting in Newtown, Connecticut. Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. While many, many lives were lost that day, there were also survivors. NBC's senior national correspondent Kate Snow is here with a very powerful story about how some of them have kept in touch with a very special teacher. Hi, Kate. Good morning. Hi, Hoda. Good morning. We all remember the 20 first graders and six adults who lost their lives that day. We've rarely heard, though, from the kids who lived through that day and are now 10 years older young adults about to head to college now. For one former first grade teacher at the school, it's been important to keep in touch with her students over all these years. She met up with two of them recently. Caitlin Wood Bellis and her former students, Lauren Milgram and Julia Murado, have a bond that's hard to put in words. How's everything going? It's so big. Julia is 16 and Lauren 17, juniors in high school now. But Caitlin can still picture them at the start of first grade. What I remember about Julia was that she always had a smile on her face. She just was very vivacious and full of life. Lauren was very precocious. She took school very seriously. Ten years ago, they survived the unthinkable. Caitlin crammed her students into a tiny bathroom in the back of the classroom. Mm. I did what any teacher would do. And I can only thank whoever there is up there that helped us to get into that bathroom on that day. Because if you had seen it, you would never think that 16 people could fit inside of it. I remember a lot from that day. I remember, like, right when the noises started. And I just remember, like, holding everyone and, like, holding all my classmates. I pretty much, like, the only thing that I really think about is, like, she, like, saved my life. Do you remember anything she said, Julia? One thing that she... She said is that she loved us going back, like thinking about it. Like that was like the first thing that I would think about. They're six and I'm thinking that they're about to die and I want them to know how loved they are. I couldn't fathom in my 29 year old mind like that this is it for them. You wanted one of the last things they heard potentially to be. I need it. I love you. I needed it to be. Eventually, a SWAT team opened the door and led them to safety. Without Ms. Roig's, like, quick thinking, I wouldn't be here today. And, like, neither would Julia or any of my other classmates. And it's just like, I'm so thankful. That's the bond. She's kind of like my second mom. In the months afterward, their classroom received gifts from all over the country. And Caitlin saw a way to teach. I said, you know, why did somebody do this for us? And they raised their hands and they said, well, you know, someone wanted us to be happy. And I said, exactly. And I said, what's our job now? And they said, well, you know, we should probably help someone. Her students sent a smart board to another school. Then Caitlin created Classes for Classes, encouraging other classrooms to do kindness projects. (laughs) Julia and Lauren took the lesson to heart. Both have volunteered helping animals. Ten years on, Julia now dreams of being a mechanic. Lauren wants to be a school superintendent. It strikes me that it was one of the most horrible days in the history of this country, and people were lost, and it shaped who you all are now. All those things are true. For me, the remembrance is every second of every minute, of every hour of every second. And that is the truth. And so... Yes, here we are at 10, but that is no different than yesterday or the day before that. You live with it, 
you move forward in your life. Clearly, these two girls have moved forward, but you don't ever move on. It is wholly a part of you, and that that's okay. Now, as I hear that, folks, and again, um, at 1.30, good afternoon, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. And then when you think about what is going on in the city of Providence with the battle over the schools, I mean, and it is just such a joke how all of this fighting and, you know, the union, they're going to close schools, they're not telling us. And, you know, I, uh, some of the, the teachers saying, we, you know, we want to stick together and they can't break us up. And and we can't, I mean, and, and all the demands and they won't go five minutes more in the battle that's going to take shape here. And then you hear, now, hear something like that. Boy, that is, um, that is, I find it very, very sobering on this Wednesday, December 14th. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Limitless Outdoors. Now, they're based in Smithfield. Wherever you are right now listening on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM, Limitless Outdoors. You can call them for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Their motto is dream, build, enjoy. Wherever you're listening right now, think of your outdoor. Now imagine if you had maybe a nice patio or a nice walkway. They did a tremendous job for me, a nice walkway. Or maybe they're going to upgrade your steps. Have you thought about the enjoyment of having an outdoor kitchen? Maybe landscape lighting. More people are realizing, you know, I'm going to use the outside of my home more. Maybe it's a retaining walls or lawn installations, excavation. Limitless. It's limitless what you can do. Limitless outdoors. They can also update your indoor fireplace or an outdoor fireplace. Kitchen, limitless outdoors. Call them for a free quote. They're also on Facebook. Their work is just tremendous. 401-580-1852. Now, I have shared their Facebook page on my Facebook page, Limitless Outdoors. 401-580-1852. It's limitless what they can do outside with your property. 401-580-1852. Online at LimitlessOutdoorsRI.com. But you can also find them. On Facebook. Well, folks, good afternoon again. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to mention just the uh, part about the schools. And I, I recognize right now uh, there's very little of anyone who's listening to me. You're listening either on your radio or online, but you actually send your child to the public schools in Providence. So send them there right now. But it is it is atrocious what's going on with the adults and all the gamesmanship that is being um, played out. Here's an interesting story. Tom Brady pushed crypto to his fans. This lawyer wants him to pay up. As a New England Patriot fan my entire life, you can imagine the influence Tom Brady would have, said the man, who moved all of his money from another crypto exchange to the now bankrupt FTX. 
Hmm. When Michael Leverito saw quarterback Tom Brady, this is the Boston Globe uh, story, in a commercial for the cryptocurrency trading platform, FTX, he knew exactly where he wanted to put his 30000 crypto investment. So he's 56-year-old legal clerk. He lives in Connecticut. He soon moved nearly all his money from another crypto exchange to FTX. Then FTX filed for bankruptcy in a spectacular collapse that vaporized $10 billion in assets, including all the money he had on the platform. Now he's a plaintiff in a proposed clash action suit seeks to hold Brady, Giselle, nine other celebrity-endorsed FTX responsible for luring him into a very bad deal. Until its collapse, FTX had been one of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchanges and one of the most aggressive at marketing digital currencies. Company had partnerships with NBA teams, patches on Major League Baseball umpire uniforms, and the naming rights to the Miami Heat Arena. It ran splashy TV ads during the NBA NFL games, including last year's Super Bowl, which celebrities portrayed FTX as an exciting but safe place to invest money. On Tuesday, the U.S. government brought criminal charges, civil actions against Sam Bankman Freed, the 30-year-old founder of FTX, accusing him orchestrating one of the biggest financial frauds in U.S. history. But the odds of restitution for FTX customers are slim. We're not going to be able to recover all the losses here, said the new chief executive. So this man from Connecticut, his fellow plaintiffs, are trying a different approach. Working with Coral Gables, Florida lawyer Adam Moskowitz, their lawsuit seeks to shift the focus to what he sees as a larger circle complicity. Some of the world's most celebrated actors and athletes. He argues that the interest-bearing accounts were security, which would require Brady and other promoters to reveal the details of their payments. They've never discussed the note, never discussed discussed the nature of it. Instead, they appeared in ads featuring such moments as an enthusiastic Brady dialing up everyone in his contact list to pitch crypto, asking again and again, are you in? You're very rich people. We all love telling us they checked this out and it was okay. Why shouldn't they be held responsible? Hmm. This is one of the stories that we'll talk to our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd turn Tim Dunn about. In part, it reflects the reality wealthy celebrities like to have large amounts of money left who said he, this guy claims he has 100000 in the bank and one working credit card. The guy that just was uh, arrested. Celebrities might also be inclined to settle quickly to avoid the bad publicity. But there are significant hurdles. So anyhow, um, we'll check that out with uh, our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Now, again, just repeating, the homeless do remain at the Rhode Island State House. The Rhode Island Attorney General declines to represent Governor McKee and challenges to order to clear the homeless from the State House. That's interesting. <laughs> you know what, also, folks is um 
I think Helena folks saying, yeah, I'd like to be head of the Board of Education. Boy, Governor McKee, he hasn't even been sworn in yet. He hasn't even been sworn in yet. And he is having so many different problems from the homeless advocates to now she's raising her hand to the problem on the horizon with the Providence Public Schools that the state is in control of. Seemingly one thing after another. The Providence police held a press conference a short time ago. Now, obviously, I did not attend. But something that has proven to be very, very effective are these cameras that can read license plates. Wherever you're listening right now, that is, I think it's it's really like the new best tool that I've heard in combating crime is they set up these cameras. Apparently, Providence is going to set up even more of them. Cranston has them, a number of other different cities. Wherever you're listing, maybe you're listing in Worcester. I'm not sure about some of the cities and towns in Massachusetts, but you just set up the camera where it's it focuses on where traffic would be. And then when cars, when vehicles pass, it in an instant reads the license plates and it can flag either a stolen vehicle or just a vehicle that they happen to be looking for. And it's proven to be wildly successful. As someone that has spent some, you know, fair amount of time with Cranston Police, more than anyone else in the media, if I have the numbers correctly, I think they told me that last year they recovered nine stolen cars the entire year. Nine. If I have the number correctly, last month or the month of October... They recovered 54 stolen cars. Nine last year in total, 54 in one month. That's how effective those cameras are. And as someone that matches um, the, someone that I, I monitor, I should say, monitors the, uh, you know, the media quite a bit. And in a lot of the actions of law enforcement, there's a lot of be on the lookouts for certain stolen vehicles and, you know, various crimes that um, that are there. Oh, wow. Olivia DeRocha is leading Channel 6 News. Boy, Channel 6. Whew, I don't know what's going on there. It is. The floodgates are open. Olivia DeRocha, after three years, I've made the decision to step away from news. Be my last weekend anchoring. Last day on air will be December 27th. She's a very nice young reporter that we see sometimes out at some of the various stories. Olivia DeRocha. So now they just are losing their... Oh, wow. All right. So this is new. This is new. Governor McKee is activating the National Guard. I've activated, this is Governor McKee, I've activated the Rhode Island National Guard to operate the Cranston Street Armory for Rhode Islanders experiencing homelessness. The warming station will open this Friday, December 16th. (laughs) So now they're calling out the National Guard. To deal with the homeless problem of the people at the state house. This is insanity. 
this week our teams from working to prepare the facility. How many people are they going to have in there? <laughs> the National Guard. Wow. He, he, they're tired of it. The warming station opens Friday. That's it. The National Guard is being called out to deal with the nine people at the Cranston Street Armory. We'll have full coverage coming up this Friday. By the way, Friday is supposed to be a monsoon, I'm seeing. A monsoon of a rainstorm is going to hit. Governor McKee has had it. Folks, it's 142. It's Wednesday, December 14th. He is literally calling out the National Guard. This just broke. Short, just within the past five minutes. I've activated the National Guard. And now I see the rest of the media. The Cranston Street Armory will open this Friday. National Guard being called out. <laughs> wow. Governor McKee activates National Guard. Temporary operational support. That's Can you imagine? Like, I've had it. That's it. I've had it with these people. Get them out of there. Um, let me just see. There's poor Olivia DeRosha. She's a very, very nice person. Nice young reporter. I don't know what to make. Television news, if you notice, there's a lot of people that are leaving. They are. It sounds like there's uh, quite a bit of cuts coming to local news. Local television news, I should say. So... Uh, but Channel 6, there's a real exodus there. The last one, Kelly Bates is the only meteorologist. The um, Well, they have a number of people that are leaving. Then you have Daniel North left Channel 12. And then the girls leaving, uh, Michaela's leaving the road show. And then the Parker Gavigan's wife, who does mornings on Channel 6, she's leaving. So... Lots of uh, Olivia DeRoche is this new young reporter that we've um, seen when I've been out covering. I think I've interviewed her, actually, um, some of the different stories. So seems to be a lot of people leaving local television news as we're getting closer to the end of the year, end of year cuts. Folks, this portion of the program on this, hey, sunny Wednesday, and it's a good day to get out. Roads are clear. Temperature is certainly warming up. Uh, You want to do some Christmas shopping. I have a great suggestion for those of you that would like to, you know, you want to get a thoughtful gift, maybe get some stocking stuffers. Yeah, right now it's it's sunny and 38 degrees. Hey, stop by and see Maria. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's my health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products. Like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. Where Marie also carries essential oils, body oils, soaps, natural skincare products, hemp and CBD products. But she has great teas. Here's what I'd like you to do. Now, right now, it's 145. It's Wednesday afternoon. You're listening, you're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. If you're on Menden Road or near Menden Road, pop in and see Marie diagonally across 
from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. And tell Marie, I would like to get some gifts. Here's who I have to buy for. Maybe just get some stocking stuffers. Or if you're an employer and you want to just get some fun little gifts for some of the people in the office. Whatever it may be. Folks, we have to support our local retailers, our local businesses. And Marie is dedicated to service. She is so knowledgeable. Her enthusiasm is contagious. She's one of just the most impressive individuals I've met. She's repeatedly, consistently upbeat. She implores herself. She is always curious to learn more. She is the queen of customer service. And Menden Road is better because of its my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. We must support our local businesses. You want to support a local business that carries quality quality items, quality merchandise, and someone of quality. I find it very distressing these days. The amount of money that's going into gambling, sports betting, gambling, everything's becoming that. It's just so pointless. I mean, I know and so many younger, especially young guys, every, all, the game is now all about what they're betting on the games and the line. I don't think it's exciting. But anyhow, uh, I'm not a big fan of gambling because I just think it, it just takes things out. You're just taking money from people for the most part. But what you do when you stop it is my health. Those are quality items. And you're supporting a local retailer who works hard. I mean, year in, year out, all year round, Marie is there. It's my health dedicated to your health. Hemp and CBD products, local products, vitamins, herbal remedies, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Pop in and see her. She's terrific. We talk to her every Friday. It's my health. Just tell her. I have $50. I want to get some gifts. What do you think? I have $100. I need to get a gift from my, you know, whoever. Father-in-law, mother-in-law, cousin, nephew, brother, co-worker. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Folks, good afternoon at 148. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is also... Brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Great lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. So this is now breaking as news of the day. And that is that Governor McKee, that's it. He's done. He's done waiting around. He is now authorized Major General Christopher Callahan. 50 National Guard are going to assist with the operation at the Cranston Street Armory warming station for Rhode Islanders. It's experiencing homelessness. That's it. Governor McKee has thrown down the gauntlet. One day after the ACLU, they're all filing against them at the State House. This is insanity. 50. 50. Now let's see how many people actually go there. Now a warming station, you can't like live there. You can't live there. Kathy Gregg just tweeted out. Here's a letter from the DCYF director. 
to advocates for the homeless, the potential children living outside in tents. We can't ignore the peril of children and parents residing in encampments or in vehicles, allowing any child to be exposed to the, exposed to the harsh weather elements directly impacts their safety well-being. DCYF has the ability to support families who are in need of temporary shelter. It's imperative those families be referred to DCYF. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. So you have homeless advocates saying there are families, as I said, and children. This is how serious this is. So unable to find a nonprofit able to run the emergency shelter. Governor McKee has called out the Rhode Island National Guard. <laughs> That's who now has to, I want coffee. We need toilet paper. I want more hot chocolate. Where's my blanket? The Rhode Island National Guard will now act as butlers for the homeless. <laughs> Is that really the best use? But, you know, listen, anything to get these people out of the state house that's for sure. Anything to get them off, that's where we're at right now. Anything to get them off the steps of the state house. Here's a good story from the Boston Herald. A Dominican convicted drug dealer is in ICE custody and will appear in federal court in Boston. Charges he illegally re-entered the U.S. after being deported. Are we still deporting people? That's a new one. I don't think we were deporting anyone anymore. Folks, good afternoon. It's 151. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Hey, I want to remind you, all the time people say to me, who's that guy that fixes appliances? And I'll say, my reply is, oh, you mean Ryan's Appliance Repair? Yeah. What's his number? Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401 710 7096 Ryan's Appliance Repair. Whether it's your washing machine. Now, right now, at 152 on this Wednesday, do you have, are you having problems with your washing machine or dryer? What are you going to do? Put it in the back of the car and bring it back to where you bought it? No, call Ryan's Appliance Repair. I was asked, does he make house calls? How else is he going to fix your appliances? Maybe it's your, yeah, put your refrigerator in the back of your car. Bring it back. 401 710 Saturday 7096. Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed. 90 days parts and labor. And senior citizens discounts are available. Is your refrigerator, maybe something broke or it's not running properly, or your washing machine, or your oven, or stove, or microwave, many times washer dryer, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710-7096-401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Well, it's 153 on this Wednesday. I also want to remind you, what's that? You have a pest problem? Call Falcon Pest Services. Free quote, 
1322, residential or commercial, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Do you have a termite problem? Do you have a bed bug problem? Do you have a roach problem? How about mice or meeses, as the three students say? Rats, many other pests, whether it's for a multifamily housing, condo, apartments, single family homes, restaurants, hotels. Do you have pests you want to get rid of? Falcon. Pest services, free quote, family-run business. I've met with them. They're terrific. 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services. So Governor McKee has had it. That's it. We're calling in the National Guard. I view that. So they've given up. I'm trying to find a, um, they've given up on trying to find a vendor that could run the Cranston Street Armory for them. For whatever reason, I don't know enough about it. But he's called out the National Guard. There's a very good story worth reading in today's Boston Globe. Joe Missoula, here's, the, here's what the title of it. Joe Missoula is building the Celtics character in, the, in his own bizarre and bullheaded way. Now, I normally don't talk about sports stories like this, but this is more, to me, it's like a, a, a less, it's like a, a, a business lesson. It's written by Gary Washburn. Joe Mazzullo is building the Celtics character. And what he talks about, they're 22 and 7. He is the Johnston native, went to Bishop Hendricken, went to West Virginia. He's the head coach of the Boston Celtics. So they were on the West Coast road trip, and they're playing the Lakers. This just happened. And I'm sure Jeff was watching the game as a big Laker fan. So the, the Lakers rally back. Now, keep in mind, I mean, you have the Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, right? And the Celtics are on the road, and they're blowing a huge lead they had. The Lakers led 106 to 93 at crypto.com arena was jumping. And the Laker fans are going nuts. Now the Celtics had the lead. The Lakers, LeBron James, they they come flying back. Talented Laker team, but they're certainly having some struggles. Missoula. Won't call a timeout. Nope. Figure it out on the court. You need to figure it out on the court. He's going to test them now. You can't always call a timeout. We may not always have a timeout. He refused to call a timeout. Nope. You guys figure it out. Most of the time they'd call a timeout, try to stop the momentum. They did not. And then the Celtics went on and won the game. In overtime, they scored 12 consecutive points, took command, huge win on the West Coast. But he talked about building it, and the players know it. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to call a timeout. You're going to figure it out. They're there. They have the momentum going. They're taking the lead. Celtics imploded, blew a 20-point lead. To a Laker team with a losing record, he refuses to call timeout. No, you guys are going to figure it out right now. 
because, and here's the lesson, there's going to come a time when you're going to be, you know, end of the year now, playoff game, championship, whatever. Maybe we're not going to have any timeouts. You need to be able to right the ship. You need to, to the players, you need to be able to figure it out. I'll call a timeout when I'm going to call a timeout. But you need to be able to figure it out. Self-sufficient. Boy, what a difference and lesson being taught by Celtics first-year coach, Johnston native, Joe Mazzulla, compared to what we're seeing going on with Governor McKee and the homeless. The, excuse me, the so-called homeless. The National Guard is being called out. And they're going to essentially be their, what, butlers, babysitters, bartenders. I want some more hot chocolate. Some of the homeless saying to the National Guard, what are you making me for breakfast? Where's my blanket? What, what are you, stupid? I said I want decaf coffee. I said I want more water. <laughs> it's worth the read on the Boston Globe website in the Boston Globe. Folks, it's 159. It's John DePietro. So Governor McKee now, this is week two that this whole homeless encampment at the state house is dragging out. He thinks he has as it said, I wouldn't count them out just yet. Because he wants to get them out of there before Christmas Eve. I'm not convinced of that. Meaning that they'll leave. All right. Listen, enjoy this Wednesday. I will be doing Facebook Live later. Check out our website, topetro.com. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. In the meantime, enjoy this Wednesday and stand by for the 2 o'clock news. WNRI, one socket.